It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson. The most important story. The Washington Times said the patriotic Americans donated U.S. flags after protesters raised the Mexican flag over the ICE facility. The latest in politics and world affairs. It is not fair that, that people come in illegally and they have three square meals a day, TVs and all. There's something that is wrong with this picture. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. When we get into conversations with people, you can get real bombastic with each other because you haven't read it. You don't know what you're talking about. It's the Americhicks dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. So if you understand the issue, then you can have calm, reasonable conversations. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. I'm Kim Munson, and we have a lot of uh, important things to have a conversation about. Welcome to the show. Uh, we've got uh, Phil Kachu in segments three and four. He is a fellow KLZ host. He's in the roofing and appraisal business, and um, he he uh, immigrated from Canada. He was actually Entrepreneur of the Year in Manitoba, but he wanted to come to America, the land of opportunity. And uh, I'm I'm going to ask him about the healthcare system in uh, Canada as well, because many people say that it's so great. But I want to find out what Phil Kachu has to say about that. And in the second segment, we'll be talking for just a little while with Tom Goodfellow. He is the organizer, kind of leading the team up there in Grand Lake regarding U.S. Constitution Week. And I will be up there uh, for the main event on Saturday. And uh, Kevin Sorbo will be the um, keynote speaker, which will be just terrific. So welcome to the show. Uh, well, um, first of all, thank you, Steve. It's always great to have you on the boards. I really greatly appreciate it. You're most welcome. Good morning. And uh, our great team, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie, thank you for all you do. And to all of you listening, thank you. You each are valued and treasured. And today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, soul, mind, and body. You've got a purpose, so go out there and do it. Uh, so let's jump in here to our uh, quotes. First of all, since we're going to be talking with Phil Kachu, he's in the roofing business, I thought, let's let's think about roofs. And, of course, Mary Poppins, they danced around on roofs. And so I, I thought, I wonder what Julie Andrews has to say. And uh, her inspirational quote for today is, Perseverance is failing 19 times and succeeding the 20th. Love that, Steve. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me. With her long history uh, in the, you know, in her chosen field, she certainly has had her shares of probably not succeeding. So uh, ups and downs. Yes, that's and, for sure. And has has certainly risen to the top. And uh, to that, you know, every day, you know, get up and uh, persevere, and ultimately you will be a success. I promise that. Uh, so on our jokes, I've got three for you. Okay. Steve, are you ready? Your career's on the line. Go ahead. Okay. Why did the riffer go to the doctor? This one's probably a little too obvious, but why? Because he had a bad case of shingles. Yeah. Ha ha. Number two, why did the riffer have to go to the dentist? Because he couldn't stop biting his nails. And lastly, I love this one. What is fallen debris from the edge of the roof called? Eavesdropping. And there you have it. 
Okay, and on that note, first of all, you know, we always, even though we are opinion, we always want to try to get it right. And yesterday, we had uh, talked about this little fight between the Chicago mayor and Ted Cruz. So Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot had clashed with Ted Cruz over the latest burst of gun gun violence in the city. Now, this weekend, over 25 people were uh, shot in Chicago. Excuse me, over the lip. <coughs> Hang on there. Over the Labor Day weekend. And uh, Ted Cruz said stopping violent criminals, prosecuting and getting them off the street before they commit more violent crimes is the most effective way to reduce murder rates. Let's protect our citizens. Uh, Lightfoot then, she said that 60% of illegal firearms recovered in Chicago come from outside Illinois, mostly from states dominated by coward Republicans. Uh, like you, who refused to enact common sense gun legislation. Okay, so Patty said she, and, and I said I just, I, I'm not sure that I believe what she said. And so here's the clarification. Patty, check this out. She said, per the 2016 ATF firearms trace, 40 percent of guns recovered in the city of Chicago were purchased in Illinois. It's important to take into consideration the disclaimer at the end of the report. ATF Firearms Trace Data Disclaimer says, 1. Firearm traces are designed to assist law enforcement authorities in conducting investigations by tracking the sale and possession of specific firearms. Law enforcement agencies may request firearms traces for any reason, and those reasons are not necessarily reported to the federal government. Not all firearms used in crime are traced, and not all firearms traced are used in crime. So, Steve... Uh, she, I think, was misquoting there, uh, implying that uh, uh, many of the the uh, firearms that are coming to Illinois are coming from Republican states because uh, quite, for, quite uh, well, the actual tracing of all of those weapons, they just don't trace all of them. So I think she's incorrect. Am I reading that correctly or what do you think? I think the the biggest thing is she felt like she was being put under the microscope by Cruz's comment. Now, unfortunately, very unfortunately, we've been for the last m- several months, almost every weekend or towards the end of the week, into the weekend, without fail, we've had some horrible mass shooting somewhere in the country. And yet every weekend without fail, almost the same casualty rate is happening in Chicago. But yet the, the major media just doesn't want to talk about it in a democratically controlled city with very strict gun laws. So I think the mayor was just bristling at being put under the microscope and she's lashing out. And most of the, what she was saying was baloney. Well, you know what? A gun doesn't shoot anybody. If I have a spatula here, it's not going to bake a cake. If there's a gun on the table, it's not going to kill anybody. Uh, what I, I think that we have something that is much deeper, something foundational going on in our society. And I think that there is a great evil in uh, this whole um, gun legislation, these red flag laws, at disarming everyday, hardworking, law-abiding citizens. And when I, I was actually really d- concerned, my heart was heavy yesterday as I was looking at all of these articles. And when we talk about freedom versus force, it seems to me, as I, I just can see the force, forcibly taking money away from uh, hardworking individuals for these pet projects. Again, an example yesterday was the outdoor um, retailers 
uh, conference when we talked to Joshua Scharf. They received, I think it was $1.7 million from the state of Colorado to do three different events. First of all, why should they receive any money from the state of Colorado? This whole economic development um, programs and offices at the state, county, and local levels, all it is is picking winners and losers. It's saying, government saying, we will, you know, we'll look the other way uh, on some of the regulations that other people have to, to do, uh, which creates, um, you know, it's more expensive for those businesses to try to adhere to those rules and regulations. Over here they say, we're going to give you a break. Uh, they may give back, um, I, I hate to say give back, they, they may allow uh, retailers to uh, actually tax the public and then they are rebated back part of that money to the, the, the retailers or to the office. And ultimately, right now, it looks like the economy in Colorado is pretty good. But with what is happening, we're going to be putting the brakes on this economy and uh, and we're we're really moving more towards socialization here in Colorado. So let's go to the first article that Patty put together here. Governor Polis on Wednesday signed another executive order establishing a new office that his administration says will research the state's rapidly changing economy and workforce. Now there is force all over this rapidly changing economy and workforce. And one of the first things is is Senate Bill 181, which is basically uh, shutting down new oil and gas development here in Colorado. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands of workers in the oil and gas industry, uh, and they are they're using force that's actually going to probably take away many of those jobs, and those people ultimately will move away from Colorado. You talk about a multiplier effect. That uh, that was one of the things that they said in giving the $1.7 million to the uh, Outdoor Retailers Association for their uh, different, pro- um, oh, oh, what do you call that? Their, their different, um, oh, I'm losing, anyway, their meetings that they have here where they're putting forward the, uh, you know, different retailers. Uh, and, and whenever they talk about that, they talk about the multiplier effect, that they come in and spend this money and this much money is going to go into the economy. It's like, I don't know that I really believe that. Uh, but here, we do know that so many people working in Colorado, they end up buying clothes for their kids for school. They end up, um, you know, um, like lessons for, like dance lessons and music lessons. So that gives people jobs. They go out to eat. They have to go to the grocery store. There is a multiplier effect in the oil and gas industry. And the rapidly changing economy that Polis is talking about is that he wants to control the economy. And um, that ultimately doesn't work. Just take a look at Venezuela. But this this is totally amazing. He's calling it the Office of Future Work. It's going to be part of the Department of Labor and Employment and will have to report annually to Polis with policy recommendations. He says Colorado's economy is the envy of the nation, but to ensure that success touches everyone in our state, we must prepare workers for the jobs of the future. My friends, is that really the proper role of government? Uh, Private enterprise, creating jobs and uh, hiring people, that is what makes the economy go, where people have to get out and hustle and do a job. When you have government involved, then, uh, again, you're picking winners and losers, who gets jobs, who doesn't, and it's not typically based on merit. It's based on who you know, and that's headed towards 
socialism. And so you're seeing him forcibly taking tax dollars and to fund these offices while they're shutting down industries over here. And uh, hopefully that, Steve, is that making sense on the freedom versus force there? Absolutely. Again, a great illustration of uh, you know what we're what we're trying to get the point we're trying to get across about things that are happening uh, to us collectively as citizens of the state uh, that we really don't seem to have much of a voice in. And uh, we need to remember this first of all when we go to the ballot box. The other thing is is we need to start to make sure that we are asking people all, all the way from city council all the way to governor how they are are going to protect everyday people's rights to go after their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Steve, I have to tell you, on this is on both sides of the aisle. When I hear a politician say that they want to come in and, and make a difference, it's like, you know, hold the phone here. That is not their job to come in and make a difference. Their job, and this is what we're learning in, the, in our study of the Federalist Papers, and it is the beauty of the American idea, that um, our politicians' jobs is to make sure that they are protecting everyday people's rights to go after life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And they put in place this Constitution to make sure that that happened. And ultimately, the Second Amendment was put in place so that everyday people could make sure that they could protect themselves against bad guys and protect themselves against a tyrannical government. And when you see these radical progressives that have have taken over the Democrat Party and what their agenda is, I don't think they give a flying rip about everyday hardworking people. And uh, so, you know, I think that we need to make sure that we uh, understand these issues, freedom versus force. And uh, I, I think most people like freedom instead of force. One other thing before we go to break, what do you think about this Empower Field? Uh, (laughs) Bronco Stadium is now going to be called Empower Field at Mile High. For the next 21 years, the Denver Broncos will be playing at the newly named stadium of Empower Field at Mile High. The Broncos and Greenwood Village based Empower Retirement formalized an agreement late Tuesday night that will place the name of the nation's second largest retirement plan provider on the face of the team stadium through the 2039 uh, season. And uh, the Broncos will be officially playing at the Empower Field at Mile High for their home opener on September 15th against, against the Chicago Bears. Steve, <clears throat> I really have to ask if uh, we think that this is probably a proper use of the Empower Field's money. Uh, and tip, what we've seen is the different companies that have gotten naming rights, Invesco, Sports Authority, ultimately that has not worked out to be a very good uh, financial decision uh, on their part. And uh, I, I really, um, I, I'm wondering, I, wa- I wonder what the people that are investing with retirement, Empower Retirement are thinking about that, Steve. Well, in, you know, considering the past, it definitely was, or did appear to be the kiss of death for those other two entities. I just was channel hopping last night and happened to catch Kyle Clark doing this story. And somebody, as they put together the accompanying video, went way out of their way to make sure, I mean, they had the camera in the face of the Empower execs, but also maybe even Empower customer uh, asking that very question. And the customer was coming across rather concerned about whose money was going uh, towards this. And the sure enough, the Empower exec was right there to assure everybody that it was, you know, basically empowers uh, resources. Yeah, but you know what? They're, they're charging fees. <laughs> they are charging fees to their clients. And that is how they are actually generating money 
for that. Now, it's a private business, and they have the choice to do that. But then you get over to, uh, you know, taxing uh, government that, that is taxing people. They don't have to have any results. They could just continue on. And, and I think when we come back, I think we'll let's talk to Tom Goodfellow for just a minute. But let's go to John, uh, John Caldera's piece regarding uh, RTD. Uh, because, again, taking your money from for- via force and pushing it forward something that isn't working. And instead of uh, looking at the results on that, they want to double down. At Hooters, you can watch the games with all your buddies. And when your buddies are the world-famous Hooters girls, there's always plenty of ice-cold beer and those craveable wings that'll knock your taste buds into next Tuesday. Hooters girls know plenty about football, but we really know the fans who live for it. So hang out with all your buddies all season long at Hooters, your official hangout for game day. Catch all the games at Hooters and enjoy a butter Bud Light draft with 10 boneless wings, just $10. Dine for two with the pitcher and nachos, just $20. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at Americhicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the Americhicks radio show. Contact us at Americhicks.com or email Kim at Americhicks.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kim Munson, and we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Wanted to have a quick conversation with Tom Goodfellow. He is the the kind of the leader of the team, the leader of the pack up in Grand Lake for this fabulous U.S. Constitution Week. Tom Goodfellow, welcome. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for having me. Well, it is an amazing thing that the little town of Grand Lake is doing regarding Constitution Week. The Constitution was signed on September 17, uh, 1789, right? Am I remembering that correctly? Or is it 1787? 1787. I should know that. I guess I just flunked the test there. Um, So anyway, you you guys have put together a celebration of U.S. Constitution Week. Uh, What year is this? How long have you been doing this? So this will be our eighth annual, um, and uh, we're a Colorado nonprofit corporation, and our mission statement is to educate, promote, and celebrate the Constitution. So that's what we do for an entire week. I think we have about a dozen speakers coming up here uh, for six days, and a lot of the events are free, and you can just come and uh, listen and learn. Well, and for more information, they can uh, people can go to uh, let's see, it's Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week dot com. Is that right? Correct. 
Okay. Now, uh, and you mentioned it starts on, it'll start on September 16th. It goes through the 21st. The main event is on the 21st. And you do a parade that I just love. It's like a, a really a, a taste of Americana and a wonderful little parade. And then the keynote speaker is Kevin Sorbo. So tell us just a little bit about that. That's going to be pretty amazing. Well, Saturday is a, b- a big day because we start out with a parade, and then uh, we're trying to get arranged and do. We actually got a letter from the Pentagon for uh, for a flyover, and we cool. have nonprofit and for profit uh, booth expos. Uh, then uh, after that, then we get uh, Kevin Sorbo on on the stage, and uh, he's going to I think talk about socialism. And then uh, we get done with that around twelve thirty, and then we have. Uh, a music festival with three bands, Peggy Man, uh, Buckstein, and the Low Down Drifters. And then uh, at the same time, all that's going on, we've got Kansas City Barbecue Society coming into town, and they're take, we're closing down Grand Avenue, two blocks of it, and having 40 teams there. We'll have the number oh one gosh. team and the number three team in the world competing uh, for the best barbecue, $10,000 cash prize on that. Oh, my gosh. And that is going to be on Saturday. Let's see. That is the 21st, the 21st. right? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, and I'm going to get to MC the main event there with Kevin Sorbo and be in the parade. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I am, I am too. And we have um, we also have Thomas Cranwitter and Rob Nadelson. They've, uh, I think Cranwitter's been up for... Uh, seven years in a row, and Nadelson, this will be his eighth year. So if you got a couple guys like that coming up, it must be a worthwhile program for him to keep coming back year after year. So we, uh, we try to keep improving every year. Well, that's for sure. So for more information, go to GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. That's GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. Tom, I'm looking forward to it, and thanks so much for joining me this morning. Um, thanks for having us on. We're grateful. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. And uh, before we get to Jason McBride, I very quickly wanted to mention this thing. This is in Complete Colorado, John Caldera. And we're talking about freedom versus force and force taking our money and using it for things that uh, there's not a lot of transparency or there's not a lot of results. And uh, Caldera says that the RTD, the Regional Transportation District, ridership numbers are down 5% since 2015 which is an incredible feat given that the city's population has exploded nearly 20% in the last decade. In any private sector endeavor, this would signal a fast track to bankruptcy. Of course, government doesn't have customers. It has captive taxpayers, so it's no surprise then that RTD's operating budget has ballooned 44% since 2015. That's over $200 million more per year and growing. With 44% more of our money, RTD's ridership is down 5%. RTD's general manager said they are embarking on a process to totally reimagine the system in order to create the mobility plan of the future. My friends, the mobility plan of the future is a plan for you to be on bikes and buses and trains. And we have seen that uh, this is not working. People really prefer their personal vehicles. So I'm wondering what reimagine looks like. Just insert force. So one of the next things that we're, and we're already seeing that enforceably uh, with Governor Polis's executive order to mandate uh, people moving into electric vehicles. Uh, again, you're seeing force versus freedom. Their job 
transportation's job should be trying to figure out how to make it as uh, responsible and effective as possible for everyday people to move around in the vehicle of their choice instead of trying to force them into uh, the vehicle, the mobility that they want. So I see this as very dangerous, num- uh, a very dangerous quote here that uh, RTD's manager says they want to totally reimagine the system in order to create the mobility plan of the future. There is big danger in this. I see once again they're working to socialize uh, our transportation. Don't so. Uh, don't you that? just love the lofty term terminology they use when they're trying to uh, grease the skids or foam the runway? I I don't know what what term best uh, describes it, but you know we talk every morning about our task here is to inform and make people think. I would really invite anyone listening to go to Complete Colorado and read this thing from John Caldera regarding RTD. It is so jam full of facts and the things that we've been, you know, that have been happening since 2000 right under our nose. And most of it is failure. Uh, you know, arm yourself with the facts. Uh, because you're going to wake up one day and you're going to say, what happened? Right. So, Hey, is Jason on the line? Yes, he is. Oh, Jason McBride, I tell you, there's so much going on. Uh, uh, what do you think about Empower Field right here, uh, where the Broncos are going to play? Well, I think you and I had a discussion one day about how much I have come to dislike that word, because I think it's been kind of co-opted by just about every victimhood group out there. And really, when I hear the word empower now, it, it kind of conjures up uh, negative images for me rather than positive ones. Well, and I I hear what you're saying because many times we've seen uh, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, PBIs, and they're using words like reimagine, empower, that used to be words that were kind of uh, things that you would dream about. And, of course, the word pioneer over at DU is now they're trying to get rid of that word. But pioneer means, you know, moving forward, being creative uh, and innovative and uh so this whole play on words is pretty important. It takes us back to 1984. But, hey, you know, I want to talk about something really positive. You know, I do a number of different events over at Waters Edge Winery with Jenny Hewlin. I'm really pleased about the event you and I are going to be doing on September 16th, Nuts and Bolts. Yeah, I think now that's going to be a, a fabulous event that will actually empower people uh, without (laughs) taking uh, power away from someone else to do it, (laughs) right? So we're not uh, doing redistribution of anybody's empowerment here. What we're going to do is talk about uh, some repeating market trends, things that that have a high probability of happening. Uh, You know, and in some cases, uh, you know, it's boiled down to a certain day of the month, Kim. So uh, we can't talk about every single one of these adages that exist, but uh, we're going to go over a lot of the most uh, reliable ones, the most interesting ones, the ones that are easiest for people to uh, be able to take action on and of course we'd be able to help people implement those strategies too but it's free uh it's going to be a great night of uh food wine entertainment and education so i hope a lot of people uh sign up uh, i think we're going to be full and it's just going to be a great time 
Well, and I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> so for more information, go to chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com or my website, americhicks.com, and sign up. Jason, thanks so much. Uh, this event September 16th, Nuts and Bolts. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Okay, we'll be right back talking with Phil Kachu. Uh, you don't want to miss this. We'll talk about the Canadian healthcare system. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. In Fort Collins, attend Vino and Veritas at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland, Presidential Wealth Management Greenwood Village, Tina Francone with Straightforward Shooting, and Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson, and uh, we are having a conversation with Phil Kachu. Uh, Phil, you are a fellow radio host right here on KLZ 560, and it is great to have you here. Yeah, thank you very much. So tell me a little bit about your show. Uh, our show revolves around insurance claims and how to navigate your insurance company. It's designed to give uh, even insurance companies, the public... Uh, roofers, contractors, uh, information, and especially consumers to navigate their insurance claim and get what they're rightfully owed. Because a lot of times these days you're getting uh, percentages on the dollar off the hop. Okay. Yeah. And so this show, it's called insuranceclaimsradio.com, correct? Correct. And uh, you're on initially two to three on Thursdays. Yes. And then you have Encore broadcasts on Saturday and Sunday as well. Correct. And this really kind of precipitated out. You're an entrepreneur. You're from Canada. Correct. So what an interesting story. Tell me your story. Well, I um, started out roofing when I was about 13, 14. Can't remember the year it was doing uh, solar panels. And, and it's hard work. Actually, my son was in the roofing hard. business. It's yes. very hard work. Yeah. yeah. And then I continued on. Instead of going to college, uh, I was running hot dog carts, a whole bunch of hot dog carts on the street in Winnipeg, Manitoba. One of my friends said, if you're not going to go to go to college right now. Why don't you go work with your friend Dave? You have roofing experience. I was like, oh gosh. So anyways, there was born another roofing company and I was fortunate in 1998 to win Young Entrepreneur from Manitoba for Canada of the Year, which was really cool because usually construction companies don't win it. So this company got Entrepreneur of the Year in Canada? Yeah, for Manitoba. So they have one for every province. Cool. 
Yeah, it was really cool because that that's 98. That's when the tech boom and all that was going on. So it was really hard to win for a construction company. And so I've pretty much been doing that amongst other things ever since. Uh, now I'm also I, – I was an insurance adjuster for the insurance industry for many years and many hurricanes. And then I switched over to being an advocate for the consumer because what I saw happening was we were just so underpaying claims that I couldn't couldn't really stomach it anymore. Wait a minute. Hurricanes in Manitoba? No, I was in Florida <laughs> doing the hurricanes. So tell yeah. us, what happened? Well, you know, I was in Manitoba in 1998, and I just had one Entrepreneur of the Year for Canada for Manitoba, and they were Minneapolis had a huge hailstorm, and the amount the American market was paying to the contractors was like more money than we make on the job as an owner in Canada. And so I had to go and check it out. And I took a whole bunch of guys, went and checked it out. And, and this I, was in Minnesota? This was Minnesota okay, and okay. for the 1998 uh, hailstorm. And they were paying an incredible amount of money because they needed labor. And I was like, wow. So we ended up uh, temporarily closing down the biggest residential company in Manitoba late in 1999 because we just started doing so much work in the U.S. It took us a while to get all our guys legal and mm-hmm. we had to jump through a lot of hoops and learn the bureaucratic system. But the money, because we're a socialist climate up in Canada and a lot of people don't realize it, when we came to the U.S., you just kept a lot more money in your pocket and you got paid better. The systems are getting closer together, though, I must say, because I've been here since 98. So Canada's re- uh, moving towards more freedom or America's moving towards... America's moving towards more socialist uh-huh. type style, more taxes, yes. Aha. Uh-huh. And more bureaucratic stuff you yes. have to jump through. Okay, so you've come down, you the land of opportunity back then. Uh, it, and- it, it still is. Like So don't get me wrong, it's just... The comparison to Ken in the U.S., I used to it was it was a far apart when you were an entrepreneur. Now it's getting closer. The U.S., I would honestly stay, say for the American tree entrepreneurs is still ahead, but not by a lot anymore. It's been eroding slowly, is, is my opinion, since I've been here off and on since 98. That is so interesting that you would say that because uh, we're, we're seeing this narrative uh, that's romanticizing socialism here in America today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and socialism ultimately comes down to force, forcibly through taxation or public policy to take away opportunity in many cases. So a friend of mine uh, said that she had gone back, I want to say it was Hungary or the Czech Republic, and uh, she had run into a woman uh, there. i got to get this quite right. But anyway, the lo- long story uh, short is, is that um, she was so excited to talk to this woman. She, The woman had come to America and uh, she thought, oh, she's going to, she said, what do you think about America? And she's thinking, she's going to go, oh, it's so beautiful and so free. And she said, you're becoming a socialist country. And she said, it, it took, my friend said it took her breath away because we are always out there talking about the American idea. So the point I want to make is, is I think that we need to be walking this back to uh, the freedom of America. So anyway, continue, Phil. Well, yeah, it's a huge problem because, you know, I just got back out of Canada. I go back to Canada every summer. Still have much of my family's there. And we're just in beautiful Lake of the Woods, northwestern Ontario. We took two weeks off, <clears throat> rented a houseboat in a cabin, and we had a blast. And, you know, when you add on all the taxes for everything, it's really expensive. You know, like we just go to the grocery store. I walk out with three little bags from Safeway, Canadian Safeway. It's $100. And you're like, wow. And so, you know, I was on the phone with one of my friends up in Vancouver today. And he, I told him I'm doing this show. I got invited on to and we're going to speak a little bit about socialism. He's like, yeah. And he went off because he goes, tell them how our gasoline is $6. There is nothing free. And now we have user fees 
the dentist isn't covered anymore. The eye doctor, you got user fees for the eye doctor, and I've got user fees living in British Columbia. And I said, I know, it's interesting because, you know, an alcohol. Uh-huh. And alcohol is like twice the price. So I said, how much is uh, is it for 24 beer now? And Kenny's like, it's $44. And I'm like, yeah, that's a lot. He goes, depends where you go. That's British Columbia. There's different taxes for different provinces, right? So I'm originally from Manitoba. And I was like young entrepreneur in Manitoba. And my friend, one of my hockey best friends from hockey, is the mayor now in Manitoba. And I could still be doing well there, but it was it's just an oppressive system with regulation. And regulation ultimately serves corporatism, and everyone gets that mixed up. So mm-hmm. a lot of times the young in America, I find, they're complaining. They think about capital, capitalism, but they're not. They're talking about corporatism. The companies that have regulated and are at the top of the pyramid and have God loads of money. And that's not what capitalism is. And that's a problem America's having. And it's getting mixed up with the youth. And I talk all the time about it. I'm Canadian. And I'm like, listen, go talk to all the Cuban people in Miami. They don't want socialism. They're educated. But, you know, the government and the far um, left side has eroded the whole education system in the U.S. And what they're teaching the children is scary. And I don't know if I'm going to let my kids go to the private school system and they're five. Or the public school system. Yep. Or bo- well, both. You know, homeschooling, I think, is becoming more and more of an option. I know that that is such a commitment. I tried that, but my wife is like, I want to, but I can't do it. I, She's like, not- I, I would love to, honey, but, you know, I, I got to have a life, too. I'm with kids all the time. We yeah, have three kids under it. five. Oh, bless, so, bless you. Yeah. Bless you. And I had them. You're going to love this. I had each one of my children in a different country intentionally. So are they citizens of all those countries? Yes, they're, right now they're currently citizens of Costa Rica, Uruguay, and Antigua. And they're also U.S. citizens? No, no. they're here on legal visas, Okay, and they're Canadian citizens, but because their mother's American, they can always choose their U.S. citizenship. The U.S. requires you to drop one, or they want you to drop one. You're allowed to have two. So they've got a long time to make that decision. Um, we'll see where the country's going. We'll see where the country is at that particular point in time. Uh, I probably need to get your friend on to talk about socialism as well. Oh, he would love to. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk a little bit more about your story, though. As far as you came to America, you're in Minnesota. You somehow ended up down in Florida. Yeah, well, since we're in the storm business, the disaster business, um, what happened was in my city in 1996, they had a big hailstorm. I was still very young and ignorant, so I didn't understand what it meant. Because in, in Canada, we, cities get hailstorms like every 20, 30 years. It's not like Denver where we get them every year. So your phones just blow up, and you know we, we did really, really well. And then the whole bottom falls out because your half of our city got taken out. Everybody becomes a roof for the bottom falls out. So I was the biggest, and I just closed down. And I said, we're going to Minnesota. Look what they're paying. And so I had challenges getting everybody legal, but I eventually did. And we worked our butts off, and we made fantastic money. And then storms were – we went to other storms, went to Bismarck, North Dakota, and then uh, we were in Colorado for about four years. And then all the hurricanes hit in 204 in Florida, and we just had to go. So opportunity had knocked, and so you went to Florida. Mm-hmm. You're there for uh, – for uh, how long were you there? I was there primarily. I did still keep my business in Colorado, but I was spending most of my time in Florida from about 204 to 209. I was splitting it because mm-hmm. we did have a company here, mm-hmm. and uh, then the bottom fell out in Florida, so we just – 
pretty much put all our resources back in Colorado. Okay. So you're back in Colorado now. I think this is a good uh, time to talk about uh, just what brought you to insuranceclaimsradio.com because you are an entrepreneur and you've got a couple of different companies, rooftoproofing.com and poweradjusters.com. And uh, how long have you been in business then here in Colorado? Uh, we've been officially, we, we started here in the early 2000s. I think our corporation for our rooftop companies is around 203, 204 when mm-hmm. we incorporated from our proprietorship. And, you know, what we do see, because uh, Colorado <laughs> does get a lot of hailstorms, so uh, actually I think uh, in the, the uh, auto repair business, uh, body auto body repair business, as well as... Uh, uh, roofing business. It's a good place to be here in Colorado. Uh, we had a big hailstorm on the 4th of July down where I live, and so we're seeing a lot of roofs that are being replaced. And you do see people that kind of chase that business, and sometimes they come in and then they go out immediately. So they should, people should probably really uh, check you out at insuranceclaimsradio.com uh, because you want a reputable company that you're working with, right? This right, business Bill? is extremely shady, and you got people with low educations, but an extreme high level of street smarts. So I had professors, when we had a recession in Canada, I had professors from the University of Manitoba come and want to sell for us. And I was like, oh boy, like out of like three different levels of teaching, one guy made it. These people are, they're very creative, the salesmen. And so they can sign almost anybody at the door. And the only problem is, is that even though some of them are good people and have good intentions, the companies. Um, don't last. So what I'm saying is that they buy into a local company as a shell company to look local. They change their plates on the car. You really should go with someone that's been around in an area that you can substantiate on the internet. It doesn't matter. It says the company's local for 20 years. You want to make sure they're really local because there's all kinds of buy-ins and side deals. There's a lot of money at stake. And, um, the consumer is really uneducated about it these days. The regulators can't do much about it because, the, honestly, the businessman's much smarter and always has the avenue. So you just want to find someone you're comfortable with, is very reputable, and you want to check them out and make sure they've personally been around here for many years. There's all kinds of scams. Do never give them on residential. Sometimes you have to on commercial, but I would never give people money down on residential. We'll, we'll, we never take money down. It's just not smart. Because you might not ever see them again. No, it happens all the time. We get calls all the time where they gave people, oh, I gave them $7,000 down and we only had a $20,000 claim. What can you do for us? And we're like, nothing. You gave them money. Yeah. Even though you had a contract, good luck. And then sometimes people are like, well, Phil, this company, and they're an out-of-town, is given a 15-year warranty. So sometimes we'll match up to five or ten. But I'm like, you know, the warranty is meaningless. Honestly, I can't. I got to be careful what I say. I'll get a letter from a lawsuit. Some of these are national companies. But they're not going to be around in two years. You have no warranty. So what you want to make sure is that you're working with a company that is reputable. They've been in business for Colorado, and not just in business, but the people have been in business in Colorado. And so rooftoproofing.com, that sounds like that's probably a good, pretty good place to, to go. Let's go to break, Phil Kachu. And when we come back, I've got some more questions for you about socialism, and I'd like to hear about the Canadian health care system. We'll be right back. Okay. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. 
Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, August 30th through Thursday, September 5th, features will include Angry Birds 2, the art of racing in the rain and scary stories and remember our popular monday through thursday pizza special get one 12 inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall cool 16 ounce sodas all for only 12 bucks plus now you can top it all off with our new sweet crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate for more information go to our facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net you get more out of life when you go out to a movie when this Starts getting me down And people are just too much For me to face Hey, welcome back. I am Kim Munson And uh, we are having a conversation with Phil Kachu. Phil, you are a fellow KLZ radio host. It's so great to have you here. And Thank you. Let people get to know you a little bit better. Your show, insuranceclaimsradio.com Is on Thursday afternoons from 2 to 3 And then Encore broadcasts are on Saturday and Sunday. And again, that's insuranceclaimsradio.com. And uh, then you have these other websites as well, but that'll get you to Rooftop Roofing and Power Adjusters also. Correct. Okay, great. Before we went to break, I mentioned I'd like to talk just a little bit more about socialism. You had mentioned that when you came to America that uh, it, the economy seemed to be freer and that you're seeing things um, get closer to what Canada is as far as a socialist kind of um, economy. Yes. And it's funny because when we'd hit the border when I was very young and we were coming to the U.S. to work, we used to like to say it was the land of milk and honey. Like as soon as we got to the American side, gasoline was a half to a third the price, milk, Everything was cheaper, alcohol. And what people don't realize is that, so I would come here and work, and we just got to keep a lot more money, and it bought a lot more stuff. So we, we just thought we were way better off, which is how we ended up mm-hmm. doing almost all of our work in the U.S. Okay. Socialism picks winners and losers. And last week we had done a story about uh, the Colorado Economic Development Commission. Whenever you hear the word commission, that does not mean it's elected people. It means it's appointed people that they don't have to be accountable to us. So this commission is working to do a deal to give some unnamed company, a big company, $25 million, almost $25 million in tax incentives to bring the company here. And, Phil, what I've seen is big business and big government like each other. And socialism is big government. So to have a government start to pick winners and losers, to, to give the big guys the tax breaks when the little guys have to pay full fare and go through all the regulatory stuff, that doesn't seem fair to me. Right. And so my opinion on that is that I love the fact that a state's trying to bring companies here, but it's not fair getting into the corporatism versus capitalism. You shouldn't be taxing the smaller the weaker companies, and I know you want the business, so maybe they should be doing a better tax rule across the board, which Bingo. doesn't, which which attracts people, and that's why you see people in New York and these heavily taxed states right now fleeing them, and you know everybody does. 
Like you flee those states. I mean, I fled Canada and I was a young entrepreneur there and I did really well there because it's really oppressive. Yeah. And you're working and I always go, well, how come, how come I'm going to work 14 hours a day and getting a higher tax rate than my friends at my age at 25 and they're sitting out drinking beer on the top of a mountain or whatever. They're not getting taxed on that. So I don't think it's right. I am so anti-socialism and I come from Canada. And when I came here, I was ignorant. So I thought guns were bad. I didn't understand. I was taught socialism. So I came into this country thinking like, you know, Canada had a great, great system. And it's not the worst system Canada has, but it's nowhere equivalent to a capitalist system like you have in the U.S. For people, even poor people, it's better. And that's what they don't get. And as soon as if, if the left side does win the next election or whoever on the left, if they bring some of those deals in, you will see it become more like Europe. And if you ever go over to Europe, and I have a lot of friends there, most of my friends are dying to come to Canada or the U.S., more so the U.S., because it's like, oh, I can have a house, 2,600 square feet, a bungalow or two. I could never have that over here in England. And I have a lot of friends, and so people don't realize why they're called flats, because they're six, seven, 580 square feet. And they're paying a lot of money for those. They're very heavily taxed. And the people are just ignorant and the young people, because I got to put myself, if I was 20 years old and someone said I can have free college and a job, I'd be like, yeah, this is great. But the consequences is devastating. And if that stuff gets put, if the young people keep buying into that, it's going to change this country for the worst. Wow. Uh, you you pretty well nailed that on, on that, uh, Phil. And uh, to that point, let's just make that again, is instead of giving this company that's giving, uh, my friend Helen Raleigh, who immigrated from China, she says government doesn't give anything. They just take less from one person than the other. Absolutely. So if they are going to take less from this big company, and as you mentioned, have the little guy over here pay full fare, how about instead of picking winners and losers, and the big guys are the winners, how about then what that means is is let's take less from everybody and even that out, right? Mm-hmm. It should be equal. I don't even believe, like I've studied the U.S. tax system and I honestly don't even believe in the U.S. tax system. I'm all about, I loved it when Ted Cruz said, well, let's go to consumption tax. And I'm like, that is the best way because, you know, no offense, but accountants, all you do, like accounting, workers' comp, all you do is create criminals, and it's not fair to the citizen because people with workers' comp roofing companies, it's gotten really high, especially in Florida. It's like 51 to 60%. A lot of companies are paying if they've had any accidents. And so you've got companies that, that open up fake corporations to divert the system. Like, why are we creating criminals? And the tax system is so getting oppressive, too, in the U.S. It creates criminals. I'm like, why don't we have a flat consumption tax every time you buy something so I don't have to do my taxes at the end of the year? I just have have what's left in my bank account is mine, and I'm not a criminal for trying to use the system or called a criminal. But you're creating all you know, you should not have a crazy multiple 10, multiple 10,000 plus pages. I don't know what it is, but I heard it was like as much as 50,000 pages of tax code. That it's, it's a lot that just pushes corporatism, not capitalism, because the rich people always can find loopholes, which I don't blame them. They're in business, make money, but there just shouldn't be all those easy loopholes. It should be even and fair. Right. They, they can hire accountants and attorneys to figure out how to navigate the system. And the little guy can't. And so ultimately, the big guy uses this to put in regulations that make it difficult for the little guy to stay in business. And again, that is 
totally antithetical to the American idea. There's two things that I'd really like to talk with you about, and so we're going to stay right on, okay. on task. You said uh, that you didn't like guns when you lived in uh, Canada, but it implied that you're okay with the Second Amendment now, yes? Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. The reason I didn't like it is I was ignorant, and that's what I was taught in school. So guns were dangerous. And it makes sense. Oh, yeah, guns, geez, because they hurt people. But if you go look up the word democide in all the countries the last two years, where or the last 200 years, sorry, where they rounded up guns, it's shocking. It's in excess of 200 million people killed by their governments. And every single time you go to Mao, you can go to Russia, you can go Stalin. to Nazi Germany, Stalin, you will see that when they round up guns anywhere from a few years to 30 years, there's always some type of genocide that occurs against the people and political dissidents. So I totally believe in the Second Amendment because the biggest thing for me, and I don't have a gun, but the biggest thing for me is that if we had an oppressive government or a tyranny, which socialism ultimately leads to people, you have to be able to form militias to rise up. And it sounds horrible, but it's a fact of reality. If not, you can get in really, you, can, you won't have this American dream at all. And if we keep moving how we are, I'm going to have to pick another country in five or ten years because it's, I came here because it was a capitalist country and it was free. And individuals have rights. Well, and that is the American idea is that, uh, and it was the government was put in place to protect these rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Now, did you say that word was democide? Democide. It's D E M. Let me see if I spell it right. De- I can't remember if it's dem. I think it's democide. D E M. O-C-I-D-E. Okay, well, I'll try to get my computer going here, and we'll see if we can check on that. But let's stay stay on task here, and that is, okay, you grew up in Canada, and what about the Canadian health care system? We hear it's just really, really great. Well, you know, I hear all that stuff when Michael Moore did that documentary four or five years ago, and they go to Canada, and they don't, don't, you know, honestly, they're just not showing the truth, and I'd take them on any time. I grew up there. I've fallen three stories in Canada, shattered both heels. I've got five separated shoulders. I've got a nail through my hand when I was roofing, splintered into my wrist. I've got eight oh concussions, gosh. fractured skulls. I've got a broken back. I did that in the U.S., by the way, oh my just gosh. two years ago. Um, and I, so I lived the healthcare system. And on top of it, uh, my mother was a nurse. She just recently passed away. She was a nurse for 50-plus years. And my sister is a surgeon up there that specializes, and she does fairly well. And the system is really broken, though. First, there's user fees coming into some parts of the system now. Uh, If you go see the eye doctor, that kind of stuff, it's not free anymore because it can't sustain itself. Um, And the wait times are really, really long. And then I also realized, like, how... If they bring health care into the U.S., I wonder what's going to happen. Because when I remember being a kid, and I was at the doctor all the time if you just had sniffles because it was free. So there must be some stat for children. I'm sure they go to the doctor more than American children because I pay for my own children, and I take them when I think they're sick, but I don't take them for every little sniffle. Mm-hmm. But when we grew up there, that's what we were taught. It's free. You just went to the doctor to make sure. And why wouldn't you? Because it's free. Mm-hmm. So there, there's obviously abuses in the system like that. But the system costs. What it costs the taxpayer is what people don't realize it's not free. It's much more expensive it's than the U.S. It's taken then. It's taken everything you buy. Most states have, some states have a 14% combined tax with, uh, with, the, with the provincial tax and, and the national tax. And it's really high enough. But on top of it, they've put taxes into stuff. So when we buy gas, when I was just up there, gasoline, I think we were paying in Kenora, Ontario, about a 
buck sixty nine or seventy nine a liter, and there's four slightly four plus liters in a gallon. So we're over six dollars. Uh, we're up close to seven dollars Canadian in in that area. Uh, which would be like you know five and a half U.S. or whatever, or five dollars U.S. But it's it's quite a bit. It's a lot more. And when you know I have a business, so I'm running five trucks on the road. Right. And each one of these trucks is about seventy to eighty dollars in the U.S. But when I was up there filling up our SUV, it was uh, like one hundred fifty eight dollars. You know, yeah. it is Canadian, so it's to put it in perspective, but it's maybe one hundred thirty eight approximately U.S. But it's yeah. still a lot more. And if you have, it's harder on business. So those costs all get passed on to the consumer, and you don't realize your standard of living and quality of life goes down. The quality of life overall in the U.S. is better. Otherwise, I wouldn't have come here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it is Canada is one of the better countries for socialism. But socialism always leads to to eventually to a much worse road. Socialism ultimately. Uh uh, gets down to force, and we're just about out of time. First of all, demo sign. I'm going to look that up, and uh, the, it's um, very interesting. It was coined back in 1994, so we'll have to look at that some more. And uh, Phil Kachu, it's just this has been fascinating. I've just loved having you in. Thank you. And uh, so go to insuranceclaimsradio.com. That's insuranceclaimsradio.com because we live in Colorado. There are hailstorms, and you want to work with reputable people. And Phil has two other businesses, Rooftop Roofing and poweradjusters.com. Phil Kachu, we're going to have to do this again. Thank you very much, Kim. Okay, thank you. And our quote for today, because Phil is in the roofing business, is from Julie Andrews, where she said, I justified working so hard by knowing that I was helping to maintain the roof over our heads. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth justice in the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you and God bless America.